Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Better Way to the Life podcast, your source of weekly better life inspiration. This is episode five, Understand Yourself Through Human Design with Pam December. Here's a little bit about our guest. Pam is a human design practitioner, healer, empath, and highly sensitive person who understands the impact burnout and anxiety can have on one's life. Learning and working with her own energy blueprint has been a major key to leading a happy, fulfilled, and abundant life. Pam helps others discover their unique energy blueprint to nourish themselves from the inside out and create a quantum change. She believes that individuals releasing conditioning and stepping into their power and intuitive gifts through human design heals the world by creating a new paradigm of health and wealth for everyone. I am in awe of the depths of Pam's knowledge on human design. Everything she shared about my chat resonates and matches my own insights into the way I function in the world, what's truly good for me, and what drains my energy. If you are interested to speak after this episode and you want to learn more about human design, Pam recommends a book you can start with. I cannot wait to dive in. You can find the show notes for this episode at betterwaytodolive.com slash five. Now... Let's welcome Pam December to the Better Way to Do Life podcast. You are listening to the Better Way to Do Life podcast, and I'm your host, Christina Vine. I am a spiritual, emotional, and physical health enthusiast. I've spent the last seven years looking for practices, teachings, and products to improve my life. What started as a striving to become healthier on a physical level evolved into a search for deeper meaning, truth, and connection to the divine. Each week, guest experts and I share knowledge, insights, and practical tips for you to elevate your life and experience new levels of health, joy, love, and abundance. It's time to do your life better. Let's get started. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I am super excited to have you here. Hi, Christina. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you know a lot about human design. Explain human design to us. Like we know nothing about human design. As I told you before we started recording, human design has been knocking on my door for many times during my life. I was putting it away to when I have time to dive super deep and I think it's time now I've met you and I would love to learn from you. Yeah. Well, I think the simplest way to explain human design, well, it's a system that combines Eastern and Western astrology, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, the Hindu chakra system, as well as quantum physics. What the system is meant to do is to get you out of your head because we are trained to make all our decisions logically and from the mind. And what human design does is give you a strategy to actually tap into your body consciousness and be making decisions from your body and what feels good and what feels nourishing and what lights you up versus the chaos that our minds can create. Sounds amazing. So we need to know our birth time, birth date, birth months to find our human design chart. And then to be able to read this chart, you have to know something, right? Because I remember pulling up my human design chart and it didn't make any sense. That's the thing. You can Google free human design chart and enter your birth date, time, place. And then you get what's called a body graph chart. 
it shows a outline of a body with all these lines and symbols and colors and a whole bunch of writing. And it can be very overwhelming (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So the first thing to really look at is your aura type. That's either going to be a generator type, a reflector, projector, or manifester. That's where you start with human design is just learning your aura type, because that is probably the most simple layer. Like if that's the only thing that you learn is your strategy and authority based on your aura type, that's all you really need. But for those of us who really enjoy it and like investigating and diving in deeper, that's what the other information is really good for. Amazing. Can we maybe give the listeners a quick overview of aura types? Sure. So generator types, you have pure generator and you have a manifesting generator. They're called that because they have a defined sacral center, which produces life force, workforce energy. So like a generator, electric generator and creates energy. Mm -hmm. That type is meant to respond to the people, places and things around them versus responding to something that's from the mind. So it's following those breadcrumbs from the universe on where to move forward, who to be in relationships with, what jobs to have, those kinds of things. The projector, they're the guides for all of the types. They're meant to wait for an invitation. And what that means is just making sure that who they are providing their guidance and energy to is actually going to appreciate and value that information. And being a non-sacral being, so not being a generator type means having less access to that workforce, life force energy. So it's a type that would need more rest, wouldn't typically thrive in a nine to five kind of setting because you have inconsistent access to that life force energy. Mm -hmm. The manifestors, they are the initiators. They are the only ones that are meant to just go do it. Like when they get inspiration, they're the ones that can yeah, just go and make it happen. Happen, where the rest of us have some kind of waiting process. They too are non-sacral. So when they do initiate anything, like they'll move fairly quickly, but they too will need more rest than a generator type. And then the last type is the reflector and they're really here to reflect the communities that they're in. They need to make sure that they're surrounded by people, places, and things that really feel good and nourishing to them because they are so undefined and open. So that means taking on other people's energies very easily. And they also, they have to wait a full lunar cycle in their decision-making process when it comes to major decisions. Like if it's, what do I eat today? That's not a major decision, (laughs) but (laughs) who am I going to be friends with? Where am I going to work? Where am I going to live? Those types of major decisions, taking that full 28 days to explore the energies because they don't have consistent access to anything except through other people and through the planetary transits. Wow. This is so fascinating. Just listening to you, I can feel myself lighting up. I'm going to go deep into this. (laughs) Definitely. How can we describe the types in terms of percentage? Right, right. So it's about 35% are manifesting generators, 35% are generators. And then it's around 12% that are projectors, and then 7% or so that are manifestors, and then 1% to 2% that are reflectors. Mm. Do you know a lot of reflectors in your life? I don't. I've been in contact with two, like through mutual friends. And then there's a few, when I find them on social media, I tend to follow them just (laughs) because they are that needle in a haystack (laughs) and just to see how they live. Is there any explanation why there is such a small percentage of this type of Mm -hmm. human design? 
Well, just in the terms of what makes up the chart, it's where the planets are on the day that you're born, but also where all the planets are three months prior to your birth. So Mm -hmm. the combination of all of those planets creates these definitions in your chart with your gates. And so it's just to have a day or usually it's only like a few hours, a couple times a month where there's no channels created by all of that planetary definition. That's why there's so few of, or so many, I guess, of the generator types, because statistically there's just more of a chance of creating Mm -hmm. a channel Mm -hmm. with all those definitions of the planet. That's so interesting. Have you or people who work with human design noticed that, for example, parents of a certain human design type have children of the same type? I haven't seen any correlation yet. I would say the only correlation I'd see is it seems like either families are made up of all generators and manifesting generators, or Mm -hmm. they have, there's one parent that is, and the rest are the other types. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. It's just so life affirming to see what's in the chart and what your life experience has been, how it all lines up because we're all so unique and those uniquenesses, we tend to feel blame or shame around just because we're not supposed to be different. We're all supposed to fit in to this Mm -hmm. collective idea, right? And to see that, no, like you're wired uniquely and this is your gift. It just feels so, you actually feel seen. That's beautiful. What I've heard you say before is that there are layers to human design. So it can be as simple as layer one and as complex as, I don't know, how many layers would you say there are? Like a hundred? Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not even sure because I feel like I'm at, I'm studying rape cosmology right now and like that three or four layers down. I'm sure that there's more layers. I'm just Mm -hmm. not aware of them yet. Yeah, the best topics are the ones that have those layers. You can graze the surface and just be aware of this topic and you can go a bit deeper. But if you're really into it, there is so much to learn. I love that. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And human design, it's meant to be an experiment. So you're learning these different layers and integrating as you go. It's seen as your first deconditioning cycle is seven years, which is how long it takes for every cell in your body to be regenerated. So seven years from the day that you start your experiment, you're hundred percent different person. And by then like you're making decisions from that body consciousness instead of from the mind and just really enjoying being versus all the struggle and the doing and the, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Is there anything about human design that will help people understand it better? I think the one is getting out of the mind and getting into the body in whatever way feels safe for you to do that. Because I know not everybody likes being in their body, but this is where the healing happens. This is where the magic is in the long run. Leaning into what it feels like to have all those questions and inspirations and things like that, they come into the mind, but just observe them rather than act on them. And just see what that feels like. I think secondly, it's humans being a nine-centered being as shown in human design is fairly new. We've only been nine-centered beings since 1781. Oh, So we're still deconditioning from that seven-centered way of being, which was like your work dictated your identity. You worked until you died. Like it was just, you worked and worked and worked. (laughs) (laughs) 
there wasn't room for self-actualization the way that there is now because the wiring just wasn't there. So having some self-compassion around where you're at and recognizing that this is part of our evolution as a species, it's a process. Mm -hmm. You have my chart. I've sent it to you before mm-hmm. our conversation. I was wondering if you could give an overview of main centers and then give a brief description of my chart, the way you see it, uh, so the listeners can get a taste of a human design reading. Yeah, so you are a splenic projector, which means that your body speaks to you like in the moment. And it's not necessarily going to always make sense where it's going to be moving you towards or moving you away. And that's kind of the way that it's been explained to me is this actual feeling of the body moving towards something or away from something. And because it's in the moment and it can be quiet, the mind chatter is going too much, then it's going to be hard to listen to. So just being as present as possible. You are a three, five profile. So the third line is all about trial and error. It's also about the process for you to go through is experimenting with things to find out what works for you and what works for you doesn't necessarily work for everybody else, which can be difficult energy to carry because you can see people succeeding at something and you try and duplicate that and it won't work for you necessarily because you need to do it your own way. And it's through that experimentation process that you discover that. And the fifth line is the heretic. So you may find that people will say things or do things or expect things from you that you have no idea where that came from, which can be really confusing because it's like, no, that's not me. That's not what I said. That's not what I would do. But you're like a mirror for other people. And so they see what they need Mm -hmm. or what they expect. So you have an undefined head center, undefined Ajna center, and undefined throat. So the head center is like the crown chakra, and that is where all the inspiration and everything is, but it's a pressure center. So because you're open all the way down to your throat, you have a lot of pressure to speak. If you're in groups of people, you might find yourself saying things that you have no idea where that even came from. And it was because the group of people that you're in, somebody was thinking that, and you're the one that just happened to voice it. Hmm. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. So, and yeah, with that pressure, just know that like you're not designed to hold all the facts. You're designed to be open-minded. If there are things that you want to remember, it's a good idea just to write them down. Don't expect or put pressure on yourself to remember all the things because with that open Ajna, it's really meant to just take stuff in and process it, but inconsistently. I know a lot of people with the open Ajna, they, oh, why can't I remember these things? And it's like, you're just not meant to hold on to information the way that somebody that is defined. This is so cool because this is my experience. Like I have this researcher in me and I go deep into topics and I feel like there is not a period in my life. There hasn't been one when I'm not researching something. So I'm always taking in information, mostly health related and spirituality related, but other topics as well. And sometimes I'm researching something for a friend or for a parent. And I really find myself forgetting it. I would go so deep, I would take so many notes, and then I have to read my notes again to refresh it in my mind. It's the same way I read books. So if I just read a book or listen to it on Audible, it just comes through one ear and goes out through the other. In the moment, I'm like, this makes all the sense in the world, and I'm going to remember this forever. But comes the next chapter, and I'm like, what was the previous chapter about? So now my notes are like a half of a book. 
Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, I feel like I'm wasting time. So what you said makes so much sense to me. And it's such a beautiful permission slip. I don't have to. It's just not in my constitution to right. remember things. So you can oh. put that energy somewhere else, right? Yeah. How beautiful. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I like to point out in my readings is markers for burnout. So because you have a defined spleen, you have a stronger immune system than somebody that's undefined or open. So it's easy to like just to push through things instead of listening to the body when it needs to rest. And then you have gate 34. It's off the sacral center and it's a gate of power. This is a manifesting generator gate and it wants to multitask. It wants to be going in response to things all the time. And because you're a projector, you don't have access to that energy consistently. So it's just really making sure that where you're putting your energy is correct for you. And like your body is actually leading you towards that because it's easy to overwork with that gate. And the undefined sacral, like what the shadow of it is not knowing when enough is enough. So making sure, yeah, that you're checking in to see, uh, oh, do I have the energy for this or do I need to rest? And as a projector, you're going to need more rest than 70% of the population. That's amazing. Can not knowing when enough is enough manifest as overeating or overindulging as something? Yeah, um, sugar, caffeine, food, because either you're not checking in to see whether you need rest versus more energy, right? Mm -hmm. Taking in that extra food, the sugar, the caffeine to compensate for not having energy in the moments that your mind would want. Mm -hmm. Does my human design make me more prone to develop any kind of addiction, for example? That's something with the undefined sacral center that can come up, yes. There was something I wanted to ask you when you were speaking. Uh, what was that? Oh, how human design gives us, does human design give us an insight into our purpose in terms of individual purpose? Yeah, what it does give you is an idea of similar to astrology, like you have your sun sign, right? And that's going to be your biggest expression out to the world. It doesn't tell you what your occupation should be, but it tells you the energy that you give off. And that's the same with human design. You have what's called an incarnation cross, and that makes up your sun and earth, both the personality side, which is your birth, actual birth date and time, and on your design side, which is the three months prior. And that makes up that 70 percent of the energy that you're expressing. And the biggest thing with that, it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're being. Your purpose is to be the most you that you are and the expression of these energies that you carry. That can be applied to many different industries and careers and things like that. Because yeah, like if you're meant to be this joyful, artistic person, like you could do that in any yeah, you could, there are different professions where mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that can manifest. Yeah. So it's more, yeah, it's way more about being you to your truest self versus what you're doing. That's beautiful. Is there anything else you see in my chart? Some deeper layers? I have an advanced chart that has some of those deeper layers, like with the tone and color. But the other thing, I guess, is you also have an undefined will center or ego center or heart center. When you think about willpower, that's where willpower lives. And because you're undefined, that means you don't have consistent access to willpower. So not making commitments, not making promises, unless like you're super sure that you can follow through with it. You're not really made to make commitments. It makes sense because I find myself telling people, 
I will send it to you tomorrow or I will check it this week. And so many times I find myself kind of running out of time. Like this comes up and this comes up and then tomorrow comes and I do not have space and I do not have time to do that. So I've recently started just telling people I will look into it. Oh. Or I will get back to you because it puts so much pressure on me. I'm like, oh, I, I told him or her that I will check this tomorrow or today. And, you know, this pressure, yes. I feel it on my shoulders. And now I'm just not giving that time frame and giving myself space. I feel that those bursts of inspiration for the things I do. Is that in alignment with my human design chart? I guess it depends on what you're doing with those bursts of inspiration, because like as a projector, generally you'll find a system that you really love and that's what you'll dive into. And that's what you'll end up providing guidance for. Part of what projectors are to do is to build things and do their thing and just be and in that being your aura is doing all the talking to bring in those invitations. It's the invitations that will allow the expression of those inspirations if they're meant for you. Mm -hmm. Everything you've shared feels very aligned with my personal observations of how I function and what's good for me. I wasn't always like that. We all in this spiritual space, post-awakening space, we have that previous life, that woman that we don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> But now, and for over seven years now, I've been very tuned in and I've been noticing stuff. So it's not like pushing through things or pressuring myself into doing something. I am noticing. And everything you said is so aligned with those insights I had. Some things you said actually gave me permission to stop doing certain stuff. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So interesting with the human design is that it's like all there in black and white. And it's just amazing that a system like that could do that, right? And I think yourself being a project, you're growing up and living in a generator world and the expectations of what a generator, a manifesting generator can do, having consistent access to that workforce, life force energy is huge. And to be under that kind of pressure for projectors or the manifestors or the reflectors, that's can only imagine how that must feel trying to fit into that generator world when you're not wired for it. Yeah. But now every time something like this comes up, I'm like, I'm not built to function this way. So I won't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love how you're, yeah, how you're working with commitments because you don't have the willpower. So don't make commitments, promises, unless you absolutely can fulfill them because it just, yeah, puts pressure on you. Yeah. You're not here to prove anything. You're just here to be and to learn how to value yourself through that. So Yes. And with my commitments, there is no need for that. No one expects me to check this tomorrow or review this today. No one wants that answer. I don't have to. I was yeah. putting myself in those strict confines myself and then suffering because of it and not doing it eventually when I said I would and then feeling like I don't keep my word. So there is this whole cycle. And at some point I was like, why don't I just put a period after I will check this? Amazing. No tomorrow. It. Yeah, no today. That's so fun. What is your human design from? I'm a 5-1 pure generator. Cool. So what? Have, yeah, just sacral authority. I, there's a bunch of different authorities. So what's nice about being a pure generator is I just need to listen to my sacral, which responds to yes or no questions. Mm -hmm. And they need to be coming outside. All that stuff needs to be coming from outside of my mind. 
how has human design helped you? Are there any stories when you were struggling with something and then you've learned about your human design type and you were like, whoa, okay, this explains it. Yeah, I was discovering, well, I knew that I was highly empathic, but then seeing I have a completely open emotional solar plexus. I have gate 19, which says I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I am a highly sensitive person. So it's right there in the chart. And then I think the, the biggest thing was learning about the undefined spleen. That's a medical empath. So a lot of the aches and pains and things that I was feeling weren't mine. I was taking on other people's energy. So yeah, I have like a sore knee for like weeks. It's not my sore knee. It's my coworkers. Wow. I was just taking that kind of thing on. Yeah. So, and then in parenting, my daughter, they're a three, five profile like yourself, but a Manny Gen manifesting generator and being able to support them with the trial and error process with the projections from their friends has been really valuable. Yeah. That's beautiful. Does human design, I'm sorry, questions just keep coming in. I didn't prepare intentionally for this interview. So I was like, I will channel the questions at the moment. So my question is, does human design give us an insight into our weak spots in terms of health? Yeah, the deeper layers, the primary health system goes into that. But then if you're just looking at shadow work, anything that's undefined or open is where until we've awakened to this information or awakened to our true selves is where we'll often be operating from. And like any archetype, there's the high expression and the low expression as well, right? So yeah, there are those things in the chart. Mm -hmm. Super interesting. The last question I want to ask you, and this is a question I ask all my guests before our interview, but I was so excited about human design, I forgot about it. So I'm asking you now, what brings you most joy in your life at the moment? Oh, gosh. This whole podcast journey has been amazing. The connections I've made, the growth I've experienced, both on the tech side and that, but just energetically as well, having to step into a newer version of myself. And I think that whole evolution process is what really brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, just this feeling of expansion. Mm -hmm. And it's scary and it's exciting. I feel you. Yes, that's a great answer. And for the listeners who don't understand like, what podcasting journey are we talking about, Pam and I both studied with Kathy Heller. That's the podcasting journey we are talking about. Okay, thank you so much, Pam. What a beautiful thank conversation. You. I feel so tuned in into human design now. I'm going to go deep. Is there a book you recommend like, starting with? I know there is a book by the creator of human design. It's the one that I've seen a lot of people using. Yeah, that one's a science of differentiation. It's a really good book. Anybody who likes to dive into the information, that's a good one. But to start with, I recommend The Understanding Human Design by Karen Curry Parker. The language is a little bit different than what Ra Uruhu, the founder of human design uses, but I feel it's much more accessible and the way that the book is laid out is easier as well. Awesome. I will start with that one. Thank you so much, Pam. It's been amazing. I feel like it has come full circle. Me and human design, putting it away and meeting you. And it's finally here. I feel it's the right time for me to dive in. I'm super excited for you. The more projectors that get on board with their energy and start to guide the way that they're meant to, the more hope there is. <laughs> and all the chaos that we're having right now. 
<laughs> yes. Where can people find you, connect with you? I know you do private human design readings. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Mad for Purple. And then on Facebook, I'm at Mad for Purple too, but you'll find me more in my Facebook group, Mad for Purple Podcast. And then yeah, for all of my podcasts and offerings and things like that, you can go to madforpurple.com. Beautiful. Pam has a great podcast. Definitely check it out. And Pam's Instagram is really beautiful too. I've been enjoying your designs, podcast episode promotions. I see how much work you put into it and how much attention. I love that about your Thank post. You. It's been interesting to lean into that because it's a piece of creativity that I never really, I didn't think I was creative or artistic. Not from a perfectionist place either, which as a recovering perfectionist, I really, <laughs> I'm proud of myself for that, I guess. <laughs> But thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, thank you for I, having me. Absolutely. And I can relate to the recovering perfectionist part so much. <laughs> I've been finding that balance with my Instagram as well. All right. Thank you so much, Pam. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Better Way to Do Life podcast. Tune in every Tuesday for more interviews with experts in the fields of health, spirituality, and self-development. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or Stitcher for new episodes to magically appear in your podcast app every week. You can follow me on Instagram for more inspiration at Better Way to Do Life. Drop me a DM. I love hearing from you. And if you are feeling extra generous, please leave me a five-star review or share this episode with a friend. It is my greatest desire that every human on this planet lives a healthy and fulfilled life. Let's make it happen.